Hi, welcome to another episode of The Leadership Enigma. Now, you know I get excited for every single episode, but I may well have stumbled across an old friend who may be set to change the world, and that's exciting. But firstly, a request. Can I ask you please to like and subscribe now to The Leadership Enigma on any of your favourite podcast platforms and also on our new YouTube channel because we are still cranking through dozens and dozens of amazing episodes and I don't want you to miss out and we have got some extraordinary guests coming up and in fact I've got an extraordinary guest because I want you to come back to me he's laughing already just after this break where you'll be able to listen to Mitchell Feldman who is a pal but I think he's about to change the world you need to listen and see this episode come back to me in a second You're listening to The Leadership Enigma, powered by Transform Performance International, a podcast for the insatiably curious to explore the power of human-centered leadership to create real momentum for positive and sustainable change. Whether you're an entrepreneur, business owner, or corporate executive, each week we speak to global experts, academics, rising stars, ambitious upstarts, and disruptors as we discover that success leaves clues. Now, here's your host, Adam Pacifico. Mitchell, it is a huge and massively warm welcome to the Leadership Enigma. How are you, my friend? I'm all very good, thank you very much. And it's not just a phrase because we have known each other for uh, many years now. I have... I remember sitting there at the side of the tennis court in awe of your serve and how powerful your forehand was. I think I'll just stop the episode there, which is wonderful. We'll, we'll, we'll start with that. Uh, listen, it, it's been great to reconnect. Um, before we get into I'm so excited in relation to what you're doing at the moment. One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you anyway is because you are a, a serial entrepreneur. You're currently the CMO for X-Ray Glass. We'll come on to that because that's really what this is about. And I'm passionate about people who have a purpose above almost profit. And that's you at the moment. But just give a little bit of background about you being a serial entrepreneur, which is what you are. Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm comfortable with that now. Um, I think it's probably worth saying that I probably put most of this down to my mother. Okay. So when I was very young, yep. my mum worked for a really progressive technology company. Um, and as a child, my brother and I shared a bedroom. And my mum, uh, to put food on the table, did some home secretary work. And in 1983, we had in our bedroom this green on black screen computer. And it was almost like the, the... the melodic sound of her typing at night that used to send us to sleep. Do you remember those keyboards? Yeah, I remember the keyboards, but, you know... I remember being fascinated. She had, and you may not remember, a thing called a modem coupler. And this was where she used to create all of the uh, work, save it, and then had a phone where you doled it, and then you had to put it into these two cushions. And then it would send the data to her head office. And, you know, at 11, 12 years old, um, I was like, that's fascinating. And that set me on my journey. I mean, I, I used to go to school... I went to a school, JFS in Camden. Yep. And I used to get to school most days at half past five, quarter to six in the morning. 
and it wasn't round the corner. No, it um, certainly to, wasn't. To go to the computer club to play on our BBC micros and play on the computers. And, and so it's been in my my veins since a very young age. I love the fact that you mentioned that because I know your mum isn't with us anymore and my mum is no longer with us. So, you know, unfortunately we share that with us, but mm. I'm really glad that that's a really passionate story for mm. you in relation to who you are now. It means the legacy is always going to yeah, be with yeah, us. Yeah. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that. So... With that passion um, and that insatiable curiosity almost for tech, you went on to be successful with a number of businesses. Just give us a little bit of that background because that was in some ways the catalyst for now what you're doing and the passion you have for this purpose. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, like with many people, entrepreneurs, or certainly in my tribe of people yeah most of my friends when we were younger we didn't know what we wanted to do we didn't have a purpose when we left school i'm still working it out yeah i mean i left school it's i mean i have a daughter who's 15 and a half and i look at her as a baby mm. and i left school when i was her age wow. um and i didn't know what i wanted to do um and then i ended up falling into technology that's another story um and i just felt like I was at home and I started my own business in 1999 just before the 2000 purported crash of all the computer systems which never happened Um, and we started building up a company we won a number of awards we built the company up to over 100 people and in 2010 um, I actually had a position with a business partner I had at the time where we just we weren't in love with each other anymore and it didn't, and, and it felt like work. It didn't feel like right. fun anymore. Okay. And we parted ways. Right. Um, and the business was very successful, and I was very lucky to uh, have exited that um, well looked after. Um, but I then thought, you know, I've got to do something else again. I know IT. I'm going to stick to IT. I started up an IT company in 2012. In 2014, um, I was the first ever winner of the Microsoft Worldwide Cloud Partner I of the Year. This. In 2016, I merged with another company that yep. was slightly bigger than myself, um, some of the parts joining us together. In 2018, I won the UK Tech Entrepreneur of the Year, and the latter part of that year, we got bought by Hewlett Packard Enterprise. Um, and along that journey, I met some incredible people, I and, and I was deeply entrenched within the Microsoft ecosystem. Um, and I met a very good friend, uh, who wasn't a friend at the time, who was um, a guy called Dan Scarf, and we were competitors, but we were also friends. Jokingly, we call ourselves frenemies. <laughs> right. And um, he also had a very fortunate um, experience where he grew his business to over a hundred people. Uh, sorry, over three hundred people. Yeah. Um, significant revenues. He sold his business to Cognizant, and we were like. We've both had these life-changing moments. Let's do something different together now. We don't have to be driven by money. We certainly didn't want to sell services. We didn't want to have a business that had stock. Um, And we wanted something that we could scale at pace and just use our skills that we've gleaned over the years. Um, But the the, sort of like the kernel of it was is we wanted to do something for betterment because it was more fulfilling than anything we'd done before. You know, moving someone's server to the cloud can only give you so much gratification. (laughs) Listen, I'm going to go backwards to go forwards, which I do so often. Listen, as you say, academically, that wasn't the route that you were going to take. You were much more practical and hands-on, and there was that entrepreneurial spirit in you. And as I say, I've known you for a long time. 
What was your biggest challenge or your biggest learning as you started? Anyone listening to this and thinking, for whatever reason, you know, maybe academia, or I don't have the academic credentials to wave at people, but I've got something in me. It's, it's, it's a really, really good question. And I think I've got a short answer okay. for it. Um, it took me a long time to really understand who I was and yep. the value because I couldn't code, you know, give me a Python script or a JSON file. I would struggle. Yeah. Um, but my superpower, if you like, was I have ADHD. And I can't concentrate. I don't read very well. Um, but what I do do is is I emotionally connect to content. Okay. Um, and having that superpower made me realize that actually my skills is the sales and marketing. And, and crafting that into an industry was something that took me a long time to understand. Um, to wear with pride the fact that I have this disposition that I can't concentrate and that I have shiny toy syndrome where I can just quickly look at something else um, and I actually learn to leverage that and, and actually embrace that. So I think a lot of people think that when you're uh, an entrepreneur or a successful business person that you are highly academic and highly focused. That's not true. Yeah. Actually, you look at someone like Elon Musk um, who looks very uncomfortable when he's on stage um, and almost laboured in his speech. Um, but you can see he's, he's working at a million There's miles a an hour. There. There's a genius in there, um, a high-functioning genius. Um, and so for me, I think the tipping point for me was embracing that disposition yep. and, and, and turning it into a, a business in my mind that I am a, a seasoned marketeer that leads with heart. You know, I've only just, uh, I've mentioned this in other episodes, I was diagnosed with chronic ADHD early off the back of Olivia and, mm. and some of the challenges that mm -hmm. she went through. And in some ways I'm processing that. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, kind of what is your message to people who, who do think differently, do not maybe fit into what the norm is, but have still got a huge amount to offer the world? I mean, in many ways, it's a story of hope for, for anyone. I hope anybody listening to this who's thinking, hang on, I don't quite fit into the cookie cutter. But actually, I've got something about me which I want to share with the world. What do you, what do you kind of, what kind of message have you got for people? Um, I would say that you just have to realise that everybody is yeah. unique. Everyone is what I would call perfectly imperfect. Yes, <laughs> we're forever in beta. Yeah, we are. We are, and actually, just owning that, accepting who you are, and. Creating an environment and a framework around you that allows you to foster the best version of yourself. Yeah. You know, if you're not comfortable in being in highly academic meetings, yeah. extricate yourself from them, empower other people. I think one of the successes I've had as an entrepreneur Do what you're good at. is actually not just doing what I'm good at, is actually being honest with myself of what I'm not good at and getting people that can do a better job than Great me. Great people who can do that, that yeah. role. Let me ask you, a personal question, um, because I kind of went through the experience, which I know you did. I lost my mum, what, three years ago now, and that's, that's, that's tough. You know, you're forever dealing with that. Has that in some ways spirited you still? Because I was actually at the funeral of your mother, and, like, you know, you talked about her very much as a catalyst for change. So is, is that still very much a driving force for you, that, that link and that, that legacy? It is, very much. I, um, 
I often will drive. Yeah. I've always done that, actually. I've always spoken to the sky. It was originally my grandfather, who unfortunately I never met. Right. Um, and I, I often used to, he used to be my angel looking down at me. Um, and quite often I will be in my car or walking out for a walk and I will look up and, and say, Mama, I hope I'm making oh, you proud. Yeah. Um, and actually I do a lot of these things with the hope that she's still looking down on me and making me proud. So that is part of the fuel. That is part of the fuel, and her legacy lives on for that. I ask that because you know that I'm passionate. It's not just in relation to the human doing, because what you're doing and what you've done is extraordinary. But actually, it's the human being. It's actually who is Mitchell behind the scenes. What is driving you? What is fueling you? What is scaring the bejesus out of mm -hmm. you that, that moves you forward? Mm -hmm. and, and that kind of takes me to what you're doing now, because... I actually saw this on social media and straight away I picked up the phone and said, Mitchell, you've got to come in and talk to me about this. <laughs> Firstly, just what is the product that you're now working on? And then I'm going to come on to the why have you got in this direction? Um, so the product is, uh, we're a software company. Yep. And we've built a solution that works with augmented reality glasses yeah. that effectively um, subtitles life. So for people who are hard of hearing mm -hmm. um, or, or, or other conditions, um, they have an opportunity to put these glasses on and immerse themselves in conversations around them that previously they weren't privy to because and, they just couldn't do it. And there's never been anything like this before, has there? No, not in this form factor. Not in this form factor. There's, um, there's certainly transcription products out there today that will uh, subtitle conversations or, or translate them. Um, but nothing in, the, in the, the, the vehicle that allows you to see them in front of your eyes. So let me take you to the point of when you were thinking about what to do next, you and your business partner, as you say, you'd had the benefit of being successful in business. Mm -hmm. And now in many ways, you had this period to reflect and think, hang on, what do I do? And I talk a lot about leaders being a force for good and doing well by doing good, mm -hmm. whether that's large, small, or it's just an individual, we can all be that person. Tell me how you landed on this as a concept or what was the driving force for you to really be purpose-driven off the back of the success that you'd had? Um, it's funny, I, I remember some time ago meeting a guy whose name will remain anonymous for this conversation, yep. but I said to him, he ran an estate agent, had a very simple life, and I said to him, did you never want to grow your business, have multiple agents. And he said, no, I had no interest. He said, I just want a simple, quiet life. Yeah. And I never understood that as an entrepreneur that was always rushing to the next pound. Um, rushing after the shiny. Yeah, right, rushing after the shiny, that shiny, the, the shiny thing syndrome. Um, and then when I started doing this, and actually the, the, the euphoria that I had with empowering people, yep. I was like, I totally get it. I don't need to rush for the money. That's not the adrenaline that I need anymore, actually. Yeah. And in fact, when I did sell my business, I had spent my whole life green with envy of all my friends. We weren't poor as growing up as kids, but we weren't privy to lovely holidays and lovely cars, yeah. as, as many of my friends did. And so I spent my whole life conditioning myself, I must get to there. I must have that. Chasing. Chasing, chasing. I must have the, the holidays in Florida and Marbella and the nice cars. And when I finally got there... I was like, huh, this isn't what I was expecting. 
I was expecting this big marching band to come along and like, you've arrived. So what was the difference between the perception and the reality? Because so many people say that there's more fun in wanting something than actually getting something. So when you got to this position, what, what was suddenly the disconnect? Or what was suddenly the realisation that you had that, hang on, because I, there are loads of people out there, Mitchell, chasing chasing something, chasing a dream or chasing a, a reality that they feel is the reality that they want. And then there's enormous disappointment waiting for yeah, them. What, what, what happened? Well, I, I think that the fuel for me was the pursuit. Right. The, actual, the chase. The chase. Yeah. The actual uh, accolades of winning it were just quite underwhelming. Um, I didn't, I, I thought, you know, it'd be great. Everyone would think I've done this and done that. And actually, I didn't like it. I didn't like that people were talking about me and forming an opinion of me. Um, I didn't I didn't enjoy, to some degree, having some options around money. You know, it makes life easier. Let's, let's be clear. Yeah. I, all of the, the riches that are, that are associated with coming into a, a, a buyout, I didn't enjoy. I didn't enjoy. Um, and it was, quite, it was, I went through a period of depression after, wow. after I sold the business. I did. I mean, there was like, I was a little bit lost. You know, when I sold my business to Hewlett Packard Enterprise for two years, I had to work for them. Yeah, yeah, now. I can show you the scars. <laughs> <laughs> And it wasn't even an earn out, actually. It was just a, a knowledge transfer that we Almost, had to agree yeah. that for two years we would transfer that knowledge. Um, I found it really hard to work for someone. I found it really hard. Even things like, you know, having to put in a holiday request form that I hadn't done in 20 years. What's your worst nightmare, Mitchell? The worst nightmare. And then I left there and I was like, what am I going to do? And I've got all these skills. People think I'm this successful entrepreneur and people ask me, can I do consultancy for you, uh, for them? And I did that. And I, it wasn't fulfilling at all. It paid bills, uh, but it wasn't fulfilling. And I was like, oh, what do I do again? I feel like almost I'm, I'm back at the start line again now. Do you know what? Um, as we get on in life, do you feel that you're almost the most fulfilled professionally that you've ever been? I can say with absolute confidence, this is the best version of myself I've ever had in my life. That's pretty powerful stuff, isn't it? Yeah, without, without question. And I'm earning less than I've ever earned probably back in the days when I was washing hair in Hair on Broadway in Mill Hill. Um, <laughs> Which is not far from it. Yeah. Um, just to say, this, 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 this is the happiest I've been. Yeah. And I want people to understand that, you know, from humble beginnings and hard work and dedication, good things can come of it. But actually, you need to be a little bit deliberate about what are those good things. Because yeah. you say you got to a, a destination and thought, is this it? Mm. So just unpacking what you just said there, my mum um is expresses herself in all parts of my life and actually i have a sticker in my kitchen yep. that i've had for many many years that my mum uh, sort of impressed upon me from a very young age is that success only comes before work in the dictionary <laughs> and i love that and and that's driven me yeah. and it's driven me that i've always known that or i found that one constant was is the harder i work the luckier i get yeah. um and that's that's seen me well through many, many years. I've had uh, businesses that have failed, um, and I often refer to it as like Chumbawamba. I get knocked down, but I get up again. <laughs> and, and, and I have that bounce-back ability. Right. That's I, the resilience piece. That's the resilience piece. And, and that takes a lot of, of soul and drive to do that, because yeah. a lesser person would just throw in the towel 
and just resign the fact that they can't do it. I've, I've constantly had to reinvent myself, whether it's through my look, whether it's through my work, through my personal life. I've had to reinvent myself many, many times. We're all having to do that. Yeah, constantly iterating and, and, and learning. And after 140 episodes, this podcast is, I think, on the verge of changing again and mm. iterating. And, you know, we chatted just before we went into this episode that there's a going to be an increased focus now on the human being as opposed to the human doing, which is why we're having this conversation about what motivates you and the influences in your life and some of the things you've taken away for it. But grab the, the, the glasses again, Mitchell, because I, I want to ask a question as regards how did you end up in the space of those people who were were hearing impaired? How, how did you end up in that, that world? So, as I mentioned before, my colleague, uh, my partner, Dan Scarf, yep. uh, and I were in business together when we had this changing moment where we sold our businesses. We'd like, let's do something together. We've got some really good skills. Yeah. We've been at the forefront of technology. I would say even the bleeding edge in some instances. My partner, Dan, was the first uh, person to ever write an app for what was now called Azure, but back many, many, many years ago. Um, and, you know, with my skills around the sales and the marketing, yeah. um, it's like, let's do something together. Let's do something that's, you know, there was a, f- a few things that we wanted to make sure of is that we wanted to build some IP. Yeah. IP was really important for us because we didn't want to get into a commodity race with everybody else like we had done in the past where it was about what's your daily rate or what's your hourly rate. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to create some uniqueness. We certainly didn't want something that had stock and, we started to come up with all these ideas and you know, he'd send me a message saying, I've just had this great idea, what do you think? And I was like, it's shit. And then he would send me one. I can like, only imagine this WhatsApp stream of consciousness yeah, between exactly. the two of you. They, they're all these expletives and, and, and we were very honest with each other and we, yeah. and we actually really respected each other. Um, I have like the utmost respect for his technical capability and actually he's a visionary um, and I lean into that a lot with him. Um, anyway, he, he he's like coming up with these ideas, and we we actually got them somewhere on some one note somewhere of all these ideas that we came up with. And then he, when his business got sold, or just before it got sold, he got moved out to Toronto from uh, locally to here. Right, fell in love with it, and is now living there in Mississauga in 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 Toronto. Well, as it's snowing here, I don't blame him. Although to be fair, Toronto has its fair share. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, this is another level. And he <laughs> loved it. He lived out there. He then came back in December 2021. Yep, um, to visit his family in the UK and. His grandfather, Peter, who's 96 years old, who fortunately, cognitively, is as smart as he's ever been. A very accomplished accountant. Um, I think he was uh, the the Bernard Matthews personal accountant. So he's a very accomplished accountant. Um, But audiologically, his ears have started to fail him, like they do with most people. At 96, you're allowed, right? You're allowed. Yeah, allowed. Um, But he was too old to start being able to efficiently lip-read you know, certainly didn't want to learn British uh, British Sign Language. Yes. Um, so just sat in the sat in the room, trying to be involved in the conversation, but was just not able to keep up. My father's ninety two, and he's starting to have elements of that. We he can't keep up with the conversation. Yeah. He can't hear it properly. Yeah. And so, so it, it was very sad to see for Dan yeah. this, this guy that he'd looked up to <laughs> his whole yeah. life, both professionally and personally, uh, to see that and. Based on our heritage of working with Microsoft, we had exposures to technologies such as the Microsoft HoloLens. Yes. And Dan phoned me, he's like, 
I've had this epiphany moment. He's <laughs> like, I've just been with my granddad, and he can't get involved in the conversation because he can't hear. Do you think we could subtitle his life? I was like, Dan, that's it. That is it. That that moment. Yeah. You know, someone who leads with their heart from the ADHD and the way that I'm programmed, I was like, instantly, that's it. You know, for me, if I go to a charity event, and yeah. this is not an excuse for your viewers to start inviting me to their events, but you put on a um, uh, a donation video, if it's well-crafted and yeah. gets me crying, I will donate. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I can use that material for my sales and marketing. <laughs> <laughs> this is like amazing. Blissfully unaware of the social impact that it would have. Yeah. Um, you know, I was looking at it selfishly as in how could we scale this? It, it's software. It's not geographically um, bound to any sort of uh, uh, particular audience. Um, and we started hypothesizing what that might look like. And then we built a version one. Yep. And if you looked at it too close, it would be like watching Star Wars, the original Star Wars in HD, where you can see all the tape holding C3PO together, <laughs> right? You'd actually see the, the gaffer tape and the masking tape holding this thing together. And we're like, oh, actually it does work. It does work. But you know, we are hearing. So it's hard for us to have a real insight and empathy towards someone who doesn't have hearing. Yes, because you, you do not, let's be clear, you do not, and your partner, you don't have any hearing impairment no. at all. This was based on the experiences of, of his 96-year-old father. Exactly. So um, we started sort of finessing it a little bit more, manicuring the product, getting it a little bit more robust. Yep. And then there was a, a, a lady who lives in Arkley, a lady called Jacqueline Press, who's our chief brand ambassador, or chief brand officer, actually. Right. Um, and she is profoundly deaf. And she's also a famous lip reader. Right. A world famous lip reader. In fact, she is the reason why you will see the footballers talking like this. <laughs> because she is paid by the broadsheets to read their lips. <laughs> um, they all do that now, don't they? They They're all do that. covering their mouths on the they, So people can't lip read them. Right. Um, although you can see some football matches and you don't need to be a lip reader to understand what no, they're saying. No, the commentators are still like, apologising <laughs> yeah, for the, the, exactly. the fruity language that you can't hear, but you certainly know what's being exactly. said. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I phoned her up and I said, look, I've got this idea we've been working on. I'd love to show it to you. Yep. Um, so we put them on and she knew what it was, was, what it was, but she'd never experienced it. And she put it on and almost instantaneously she started crying. Wow. And it was at that moment I realised we had created something really special. I think if you can create an emotional response almost instantaneously from someone who is in the world, mm -hmm. well, that, that is their reality. And I've seen a number of videos where yeah. people have put this on and, and just been in tears. Yeah, and, and it is. And, and because what you don't realise is there's a number of things that people are suffering from hearing loss. Is It's not just the lack of being able to get involved in an entire conversation. Yeah. But when you even have like some uh, small level of hearing, it's very hard because you're very reliant on lip reading. Yeah. Actually, we do that as humans anyway. But when you're, even if you're a proficient lip reader, you're only getting about 30% of the conversation. Oh, really? Actually, your mind, your brain has to fill in the rest and fill in the gaps. Um, okay. But what's also interesting is is that it's incredibly fatiguing. I bet. Because 
not only are you lip reading, you're then having to post-process that information of what have they said, whilst at the same time listening to what they're, or reading what they're saying next. So, you know, you do that across one person, is hard. Do that across multiple people. Well, it must be nigh on impossible. It, it, it's, it's nigh on impossible. You know, we work with a beautiful charity called Deaf Kids International. Right. And they send out um, interpreters, lip readers, um, or sign language interpreters to um, countries are at risk. So, for example, they send people out to the Ukraine, and they're looking after the deaf kids out there right. and, and protecting them. But they're having to do a lot of lip reading. And by the end of the day, they're like, oh, I'm so tired. So exhausted. Exhausted. Um, so we, we started, you know, we found loads and loads of people. Um, but the journey has only just started for us. I, I often say that I feel like we've created this nuclear power and we're now on this journey of mining it and understanding how we can refine that um, because along our journey, we've met some incredible people. I specifically discovered one condition called APD, which yeah, you is... Were te- what is tell people what's so, APD. So APD is auditory processing disorder. Right. Uh, and that means that you can hear properly you can see properly. Um, but if you listen to a conversation, you cannot process it. It's like dyslexia. So auditory ears. dyslexia in some ways. Auditory dyslexia, exactly. And a lot of people are misdiagnosed with ADHD uh, because they're just truant, they're not getting engaged, they're yeah. not learning. And actually the reason um, can be is that they can't process the information. Right. But interestingly, if you read it cognitively you can process that information so we met one particular guy a guy called ben powers who bought these glasses off his own back Mm -hmm. he called us we onboarded him and the second he put them on it was like that light off light on moment right that all of a sudden he wouldn't have to say can you say that again or excuse me um he wouldn't have to pretend that he was engaged in the conversation that he couldn't process all of a sudden, he put these glasses on, and his world was in high definition wow. from both the sound and visual perspective. Do you know, it's an, it takes me to an interesting experience. I remember before Olivia was diagnosed with ADHD, um, I always remember whenever I put Netflix on, the subtitles were on, and I mm-hmm. thought, that's very strange. Mm-hmm. And actually, she'd been watching the television with subtitles for years because it helped her focus. And it helped her almost her other cognitive ability to take in the uh, information. hundred percent. So it's interesting how, you know, even I've discovered uh, in that way the, the link to all of this. With, with the glasses, just to help people understand for those who are listening and hopefully for those who are watching as well, um, what are the glasses, what, what's the construct of the glasses? What have they got in them right now? Because they look like a pair of sunglasses. Yeah, it's, so they do. Um these are called augmented reality or extended reality. So yep. the acronyms in the industry are AR or XR. Yes. And just to frame it, these are, excuse the pun, um, with virtual reality, which are typically in the form factor of something that looks like ski goggles, yes. you're immersed in this virtual world. It's almost like the metaverse in no, some ways. It is, but you're in this virtual world and you're excluded from the, the, the world the that's reality. in front of you. Mm-hmm. Reality. Augmented reality, extended reality, or mixed reality is... It's an overlay, isn't it? It's You've got your analog world in front of you, yeah. and you'll have digital overlays in front of you. And 
Was this like the original date. Google Glass that they started to do that? Very, or play around very with it? similar. Okay. And, and that was a great product ahead of its time. Right. And the reason why it was ahead of its time was there was no compelling use case for it. Right. You know, putting subtitles in front of the eyes of people who are hard of hearing of deaf is the most obvious use case for augmented reality. That's, but hadn't been done. It had never been done. And, you know, we can talk about some of the innovation that we're working on in a minute. Um, but, yeah, so... And, and it's presented to you in 3D. And the way that that works in this particular form factor by this company called Enreal, and we yep. don't make the glasses, we just, as I say, make Pure the stuff technology. that works on them, yep. is these have got two televisions, two Sony LED um, televisions built into the top. And then at the front... Which are tiny. We are listening to this on the podcast. We're talking tiny. Tiny. And, well, this whole f form factor weighs 78 grams. I put them on earlier, and, and they're a pair of sunglasses, yeah, essentially. I mean, you could wear these all day. Yeah. Um, and then they've got, yeah, t so they've got something like prisms in the front, an, an array of mirrors that bend the light from the, the, the television. So it's in front of your eyes. So it, it's, uh, it's like an auto cue. It's like an auto cue, or maybe if you've never used an auto cue, if you've ever had a heads up display in your car. Is it that like exactly that? in front of you. So you can see the road in front of you, but, but you've the got overlay. the speedometer or the, the navigation yeah. in front of you. Gotcha. Exactly the same as that. And so. I know you're you're uh, developing these even further, but just help people understand what are some of the functions that already exist in the, this uh, piece of kit. Yeah. So, you know, originally the use case was for the hard of hearing and deaf community. And it's live subtitles they're saying. Love sub live subtitles. Sorry, live subtitles. Um, you were thinking of Love Island then for yeah, a second. Yeah, I, I was, I was, I was. Um, so when once, once we take in that conversation yes. and transcribe it into um, text, which is then displayed as subtitles, we can do lots and lots of other things and not just um, tech for technology's sake. You know, this is technology with a purpose. Yes. Okay. But what we can do is, is once we've got that text in front of you, we can start manipulating it. For example, I can do translation. So as well as transcription, I can translate. So I could go to... Korea, as an example, yes. I could put the glasses on. I could speak to someone who's Korean, um, and if I don't, or, or rather, if they speak to me, yes, in Korean, in Korean, it'll come up in my eyes in English in real time. And and I just want to people to understand how fast is this from the spoken word to the subtitles appearing on the screen in the glass? It, it, it's it's typically. Dependent on the internet connection, but typically sub one second. Um, in most instances, sub three uh, three hundred milliseconds. Wow! So let's be honest, it's almost instantaneous. Almost instantaneous. Right. Um, enough that you know it doesn't look like a badly dubbed old uh, karate video from <laughs> the seventies. We grew up with those, Mitch. Yeah, all right, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, this is all, re all re almost real time, and that allows you to. Enjoy the the beauty of a conversation, which is not just the words, but all of the heuristics of the human. Because you're, like the, you're the, seeing the person, the body movements, exactly the raised eyebrow, the smile, yes, the 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 cheeky grin. You know, all of those things. You get yep. that augmented with the text. Yep. Um But then what we found was is, and you know, we're at the bleeding edge of technology. And some of your viewers may or may not have heard of ChatGPT. Oh, I bet you people have. Tell us about that because that's uh, that's going to change the entire future of work. And perhaps I asked Dr. Just so you know, I asked Dr. Jonathan Reichenthal, who was on the show 
for the second time a few weeks ago. He was the chief information officer for the city of Palo Alto. Now, we were talking about data, but I said, I couldn't help myself. I said, Jonathan, talk to me about chat GPT. And he said, we're probably at a moment in time again where we look back and chat GPT changed everything. Yeah, well, I think this is probably the most significant shift within technology, certainly within the next last 20 years. Right. Um, and... You know, humans are being replaced by software, and soon software is going to be replaced by AI. So, um, it's the, 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 it's it's just, it's exciting and scary. I think that we're very embryonic in this journey yeah. and and learning, both from a legal perspective and others. But you know, actually, just crafting it into what we do. Yeah, tell us. Um, is so we were using GPT or, as you would know, it ChatGPT before it was famous. Right. You know, we were using it at uh, uh, the beginning of last year, uh, using the DaVinci 3 GPT model. <laughs> yeah. And what we discovered was, is that there are other users for our glasses, not just the deaf of hard of hearing. For example, those with ADHD or those with dyslexia. Um, and we found that actually if we used G the GPT engine with the conversations, we could start doing some really clever stuff. So, for example... I'm talking to you, yes, and I really don't understand what you're saying because you've been using these very long words and you're very learned and 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 very accomplished. But I don't understand it. I can then turn around to my glasses and say, "Hey, X-ray, can you summarize what Adam said?" Like I'm a 15-year-old, and oh. it would use the GPT engine to look back on your existing conversation and then dilute that down to a temperature that's something that you could easily consume. Or alternatively, looking back, um, and this is coming shortly, is being able to look back on previous conversations. So, for example, hey, X-Ray, remind me what the doctor told me I should do after I've had my pills when I saw him last week. Or, hey, X-Ray, remind me what my wife told me to buy from the shops when I left home two minutes ago. Now, when you say this, Mitchell, this now starts to stray into the power of helping people who are not just hearing impaired exactly exactly so uh, am i right in thinking yeah that? so you know if you look at people who are suffering you know if you're hard of hearing um, or deaf at school you would have a note taker um there's nothing for people who are have other uh, neural divergent conditions such as adhd or yes. add who can't concentrate right now being able to go back to your dorm or to your uh, office and to ask natural word queries of the conversations that you've had. So, for example, imagine wearing this in a meeting yeah. and then say, hey, X-Ray, summarise all of the action points that I need to do based on that meeting that we just had for an hour and a half. And it done. Um, so we're talking about from the workplace, from education. I'm even thinking about Alzheimer's and thinking in relation to history of conversations and reminders. And it, and it goes beyond that. Imagine that like you're quite elderly and living at home. You know, again, they're quite isolated. They don't have a wide circle of friends. Yes. Um, with GPT built into this, you can actually have intelligent conversations with the glasses. And it can almost become like a friend. Wow. Um, and it's funny, when you look at GPT... It, 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 and then you look at something like Alexa or Siri, they become really antiquated and they look really underperformant based on what the new standards are. Yeah. Um, so, as I say, when I was talking about before about enriching that, that nuclear power that we've discovered, we just don't know the full power of it yet. And we're on that journey. Mitchell, you might just be about to change the world in your own way. How's that feel? <sighs> um, I don't think I quite fully understand 
um, just leaning into my mum. Yeah. Again, she used to say to me, it's, you know, what life is important is, is how you're remembered after you're gone. Yeah. And, you know, being known as someone who was a tech entrepreneur who sold a couple of businesses is not really as, as regal as saying that I actually made an impact on people's lives and changed the way that deaf people and, and people with other conditions. Um, do you want to just reshoot that again? That's fine. It just yeah. carries on. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's technology. It's fine. We'll leave it on there. It's technology getting okay. in the way of a technology discussion, Mitchell. I, I, it's on the. It's because my daughter's on VIP. That's why it's let her to <laughs> Leave it rolling. I love it. Um, sorry, what was the question? It was just. I said to you, you're about to change the world. How does that feel? And you, you know, spoke about again the, the legacy yeah, of your yeah, mum, and yeah, and you want a different legacy for yourself. I, I, I never thought I would. I would never thought I would be able to leave a legacy, other than maybe some estate or some assets to my children. Mm. Um, this is something that I, I'm, I'm only just beginning to understand the power of this. Um, but that comes with also great responsibility, right? Because we've created something that's so pervasive, we almost have a duty to make sure that the world gets access to this technology. Right. Because this is beyond uh, a balance sheet or a, or a P&L. This is about betterment for humans. And so we feel that we, we're on this mission to do this and we're working with some incredible people. I mean, anywhere from chip manufacturers like Qualcomm who just heralded us as like a, a pioneer within this space at the Mobile World Congress in Barcelona last week. Right. Um, right through to glasses manufacturers that want to embed this software into their glasses and have it as a native app that you can just turn on. And the software is the IP heart, isn't it? So yeah. away you go. You, they build the infrastructure, you load the software, and all, and that's the marriage, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, totally, totally. I, I think that I'm proud of a lot of things. I think the one thing that I'm really proud of is that what we did find very quickly on early on in our journey is that people who do have disabilities, yep. whether it be hearing or other, tend to be in, in lower income brackets. Unfortunately, that's how it is. Okay. Um, so we decided that when we build this, that we would have a version of the software that was free for life always. Um, so that anyone that wanted access to this technology wouldn't be um, curtailed by the fact they couldn't afford it. Right. So you can actually run this software on your phone independently of the glasses and just have it sitting there running. Right, okay. Um, so there's obviously, the, like, like with all of these uh, apps, there's a free version, there's a premium version, and an ultimate version, all with different feature sets. But if you just want core translation or, or, or rather core transcription, subtitling, that, that is free and will always be free. And I know that this is now gathering momentum. This is now gathering uh, in some ways, uh, you've just told me, haven't you, that you've been shortlisted for a, a host of awards because people are now recognising what mm. you're doing. And and tell me about some of those. Because um, Yeah, so we are now, um, I'd have to remain grounded, but in the last week um, for the National Technology Awards, um, we're up for four categories. Yes. Um, and against the likes of people like Sky, BT and RBS. Um we have been shortlisted in the Smart Disability Awards this week. Yeah. Um, and only today, as we were having coffee before this meeting, in uh, a PR Moments Award for um, a world-leading campaign. So I think we've had seven shortlists in the last week. Um, and at the beginning of the week, we were um, called out in Forbes magazine. Um, so 
this journey is, is, is the most romantic I've ever been on. I mean, I'm traveling more than I've ever done. Um, it's great. I do like being on stage. I'm not going to lie. I do like telling that. I'm a natural storyteller. Um, and I'm invited to a number of high-profile uh, technology events where I'm a keynote speaker talking about our journey and it's talking about something I'm passionate about, so it's easy. This is that almost crossroads, isn't it, where you're, the, the passion, the purpose all comes together. And what's your ultimate hope for this? Um, I think that... If we could become the de facto standard of how subtitles are presented to people with, with those conditions, would be a good win for us. Yep. You know, commercially, um, we're seeing that this market is buoyant. You've got Google coming to market with their glasses. You've got Meta coming with their glasses. Um, Apple at some point will come out with their glasses. Um, someone's going to be late to the party. Yeah. Um, whether it's someone like. So left field like Ray-Ban who want to get into yeah. uh, intelligent glasses yeah. and add value um, they would someone who would buy our IP and integrate, integrate it into their glasses um, and then take it to a, another dimension that I'm, I'm not really that capable of doing today so with all of this going on it sounds like you better hang on for dear life now for the journey that you're about to embark on yeah. Um, who knows where it will take you? We will watch very closely to where it takes you. And, you know, I said to you, I was I was really keen to have this conversation because you, you, you told me something when we were having coffee. I wanted you to mention this about it's not beat. Yeah, just, just mention this because this is absolutely why I do this podcast. Yeah, so, um, again, just going back to my ADHD and I lead with everything from my heart <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm a people's person, um, is that, I very quickly learned that in terms of marketing, it's no longer B2B or B2C, it's H2H. It's human to human. People buy from people. And and actually, when you're dealing with people about matters of the heart, i.e. about their, their mental well-being or their disabilities, um, is is something that I've never experienced before. And, I, and anyone that's never experienced that before, anyone that's never given up time to do charity work or yeah. to support someone that's less fortunate themselves, just do it and just really have a look at how fulfilling that is because there's nothing more gratifying. There will be any payslip that I've ever received. It doesn't get any better than that, Mitchell. It doesn't. It really doesn't. With everything that's gone on and has gone on, is there a piece of leadership advice that you would now lead with? To anyone listening and anyone watching, what what is almost your number one headline for people who are entrepreneurs, leading businesses, small, medium, and large? What kind of really stands out for you as one of the biggest lessons or leadership lessons that you would give to your kids? Um, I try and say it to my kids. Um, they don't listen at fifteen and thirteen years old. <laughs> Quite um, right, by the way. <laughs> I, I, I've had my most success when I've been doing something that I've loved. Yep. And it sounds cliche, um, but I've the luckiest person in the world. My whole working career, or certainly the latter, the last 20 years of my working career, um, have been doing stuff that doesn't feel like a job. It feels like a hobby. Yep. Um, and because I have that passion and that love for it, I eat, sleep, and drink it 
everything that I every le- every situation I look through the lens of business and how yeah. I can apply it to what I'm doing. Um, so if you love what you do, there is a greater chance to success than doing something that you're maybe good at but don't love. What do you think your mum would say to you right now? She'd be very proud. She would be very proud. She would. She would definitely tell me to remain humble, to remain grounded, yeah. and um, to not to forget to make my bed. <laughs> I love that. Remain grounded. Listen, um, you're a pal. You're a superstar. Thank you very much. Go change the world. And thanks Thank so much you. for coming on to the Leadership Enigma. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Join us again next week for more tips and strategies on the Leadership Enigma. We'd love to hear your comments on today's show as well as suggestions for future topics and guests. Get in touch with your host on LinkedIn or visit the dedicated website, www.leadersenigma.com, powered by Transform Performance International, where you can access our exclusive learning, including books, videos, bonus content, assessments, and more. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all your major podcast platforms. Thanks for listening.